Welcome to The Last Days Are Behind Us, Our Best Days Are Ahead. And now, your host, Jerry Tridel. Hello and welcome to episode five of our The Last Days Are Behind Us, Our Best Days Are Ahead, where we're going to focus now on the nature of Christ's current reign and Christ's kingdom as it's filling the earth. And then what we're going to deal with in our final episode coming up in episode six is that gap, that cognitive dissonance when you know that God's kingdom should bring blessing and healing to the nations and one day we will see war and experience war no more because of God's grace through faith in Christ among the nations. But we don't see that now. So how do you deal with that? Sometimes vexing frustration. That's episode six. We try to keep these to around 22 minutes, no more than that, 15 to 22 minutes. So right now, let's focus on the reign of Christ. This is talking about the blessing in the earth as the word of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. And I'm starting with verse 17. For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Now recall, in our former episodes, the former was the old covenant heaven and earth to the Jews. And so that has been done away. It caused weeping when the Lord destroyed Jerusalem in A.D. 70 in his coming in the clouds in judgment upon the apostates as as he warned them. He said all of the um, righteous blood from righteous Abel to Zechariah would come upon that perverted generation. However, the Lord did save many out of that perverted generation, many from among the Jews first and then the Gentiles. And then in his coming, he fused those believers both Jews and former Gentiles, into one holy Catholic and apostolic church, which grows and fills the earth today. So now, since that time, we had the inauguration of a new heavens and new earth. And let's continue the reading in verse 18 of Isaiah 65. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. Speaking of the new Jerusalem, I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall be no longer heard in her, nor the voice of crying. No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old, but the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall the days of my people be. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. The holy mountain of Zion, the new Jerusalem. So when you're talking about death and that people's lifespans are becoming longer, we're not talking about heaven there. We're talking about the blessings of God in the earth in time. And there are some who know that and teach that the Lord reigns now, but they don't believe in any 
natural aspect or impact as a result of his reign in the heavens. However, that's incorrect. In fact, statistically, you can look at it scientifically. Mankind's lives are longer. Infant mortality rates are lower. There are less starving people in the world than at any other time in history. And these are better days for humanity. And we talk about this in the statistics in our book. Um, The last days are behind us. Our best days of the kingdom are ahead. And you can pick that up anywhere. But what's important to note is that these are great days and better days than have ever been. So when it comes to what happened when Jerusalem was destroyed in AD 70 and the Old Covenant and its whole system, its redemptive system of blood of bulls and goats, the Levitical system, all of it was abrogated and done away. Then became, then what happened was the new heavens and new earth were inaugurated in which righteousness would dwell. The characteristics which would be the normal course of providence or God's governing the nations and the world uh, by his good word. The normal course of providence would have these kind of characteristics. And you can see these in Isaiah chapter 2, Micah chapter 4. You can see it in Isaiah 65, Isaiah 66. And you can see these in Ezekiel and in um, Zechariah chapter 14. So there's just lots of ways in Ezekiel chapters 40, uh, by the way, through 48. Uh, these are the characteristics of what we will see in time and on earth. You may not see it in your, as we're all alive. We may pass into the heavenly kingdom when we die. But the kingdom of God and the church will be blessed. It will fill the earth. We're going to see the Christianization, or mankind will see the Christianization of the world. And the law of God and its life-giving and light-giving instructions will go forth from the church. In other words, the church won't be a stumbling block the church will be maturing and mature and the, through the sacraments and through the preaching of the word, the world becomes saved. And all of creation awaits that, as St. Paul said in Romans chapter 8. The former Old Testament order, the heavens and earth shall not even come to mind. No more weeping. And the church, the new Jerusalem, will be a joy. Infants shall thrive. Men will take to themselves wives. Wives will be suitable to their husbands, and they will have as many children as God will give them, with general blessing and prosperity being the norm for Christians and all who obey the Lord. In fact, you see in Zechariah how that the Christian nations will be blessed, and those who will not not acknowledge the Lord will have no reign or will be accursed, which will then lead them to want to come and hear the word of the Lord, as Micah says in Micah chapter 4. Also, um, sinners uh, will certainly be a minority group and outside the kingdom, and the unbelieving and sinning nations will become less and less. Children will come forth with abundance and blessing, and contrary to uh, the culture's love for socialism and communism and communes, uh, you're going to see private properties held by Christians and they shall prosper in them. They shall enjoy their, symbolically, they shall enjoy their fruit trees, every man enjoying his vine and fig tree. And eventually peace will grow among the nations as men fear God, knowing that Jesus Christ is over every individual man, woman's heart, child's heart. And yet Christ is also sovereign over the heads of household. 
and Christ is sovereign over the authorities in the church, and Christ is sovereign over the authorities of nations, tribes, and tongues. So it's not that we're saying that the church takes over or it's going to be a militaristic forcing of everyone into Christianity. No, this will be by God's grace and through Christ and through the word of the Lord that comes from his church, mankind embraces the word of God and lives in peace one with another and worships our Lord God on that first day of the week, celebrating the Eucharist, celebrating uh, a mass where all men come together, every tribe, tongue, and nation to acknowledge our Lord. And the symbolic blessings will abound in the earth such as the deserts would bloom like a rose. So that's a beautiful sight that we'll see. And it all happened definitively with the coming of the kingdom of God in power. Remember, Jesus said, there are some of you standing here talking to his disciples who will not taste death until you see the kingdom of God come in power or until you see the Son of Man come. So when that occurred in AD 70, when the Lord comes in clouds and brings salvation to his church, he inaugurated this new heavens and new earth at that time. And he inaugurated the kingdom that began to fill the earth, just as in Daniel chapter 2. And you can read that in our book too. That stone that was hewn out of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar saw in in Daniel chapter 2, he saw a little stone hewn out. And that little stone smashed into pieces all of the rest of that statue, which represented all the kingdoms of this world. And then what happened was that little stone grew into a mighty mountain and filled the earth. And this is what Isaiah was speaking of in Isaiah chapter 2. The mighty mountain of Zion that fills the earth. And that's what brings great rational optimism about the future. This isn't a hope-so gospel. This is the work that Jesus secured when he was obedient even unto death, even unto death on the cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him above every name that is named, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven upon the earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And this kingdom will continue to grow until the whole earth acknowledges this Lord, even if they're faking it. Or as I say in the book and as we see in the uh, prophets, they will fine those who will not humble themselves from the heart, but at least will fine obedience for the sake of just peace with the world around them. Well, in the end, the devil will be loosed. And that's what we see when we look in the Revelation chapter 20 is that as, the, as, the, as Christianity fills the earth in this age, and we don't know when this will occur, this could occur centuries from now or millennia from now, but we're not living in those last days because Christ remains seated until all of his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. But then there's going to come this time when Satan is released from the abyss. Remember, he was bound when the Lord came in AD 70, he was bound with regard to deceiving the nations. That's why we make disciples now. But then when he is loosed, he will work to incite, Satan will work to incite those nations that are not loyal to the Christ. And they will come against the church. And this is symbolically portrayed as the seed of Abraham, which is the church. 
Remember, St. Paul referred to the church as those of believing Abraham. Abraham looked forward to the days of Jesus and saw them, according to Jesus' words. But immediately as Satan tries to gather together nations against the church, symbolically spoken of as Gog and Magog, those unbelieving nations, just like Ezekiel spoke of them, um, just as soon as it started, fire will come down from heaven and devour them. And then God will judge the adversary, the devil, and cast him into the lake of fire. And then Christ comes forth. Having been reigning from the right hand of God, he comes forth, according to the church's dogma, to judge the living and the dead. And so he assembles the dead of all time to come before him. Those who are in the Lamb's book of life escape this final judgment because they've passed from death into life and they escape punishment. But Christ judges all the dead according to the books that are opened and they're judged according to their works. But does that matter? Because what is written is that anyone not found written in the book of life will be thrown into the lake of fire. And then Christ casts death and Hades into the lake of fire. And that is the second death. So, then what happens is we see in 1 Corinthians 15. And permit me to read that to you. So, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24. Then comes the end. In other words, now is the reign of Christ, but then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put enemies, all his enemies, under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things under him, that God Maybe all in all. So, when our Lord returns to judge the living and the dead, to judge, then the kingdom of God will be consummated. So, in A.D. 70, the kingdom came definitively. It was the inauguration of the new heavens and new earth, which would fill the earth. It was the inauguration of the thousand-year reign of Christ, which will continue until all of his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. And during Jesus' ministry, that was the beginning of the end of the Old Covenant. That was the beginning of the last days of the Old Covenant, which ended in A.D. 70. So as we've said many a time, the last days are behind us. The kingdom days are now, and they will continue until he comes to judge the living and the dead. When will he do that? When all of his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. So, as we read the Revelation, and as we read the prophets, we need to be excited about the fact that the kingdom of God is growing. And as I've written in our book, Micah chapter 4, in the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and peoples will stream to it.
Many nations will come to it. Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, that's the church, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and nation shall not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid. For the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. So, these are the days of the kingdom of God, and they're filling the earth. And what we look forward to at this point is that the kingdom continue to fill the earth, that the word of the Lord continue to fill. And so what does that mean for us now? Now that the uh, last days are behind us and our best days are ahead, so what? So tune in to our next episode and let's find out now how to live. Even when we don't see everything placed under the feet of Christ completely, we do know that Christianity's filling the earth. We do know that there's incremental filling of the earth of the kingdom of God. And we do know that there will be a consummation one day, way in the future. Even the church herself is in her infancy. Everyone says, well, how can the church, it's not even respected anymore. Well, one day she will be glorious, filled with splendor, and the word of the Lord will go forth to an even greater extent, not just little pockets here and there, but all over the earth. So we need to nurture a high view of the church because our Lord, that's his church. And he's the one speaking through those authorities that he's given to the church to tend the flock and to feed the flock. So we rejoice in that. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Last Days Are Behind Us, Our Best Days Are Ahead. You can write us at jerry at justjerry.com. You can pick up Jerry's book, The Last Days Are Behind Us, Our Best Days Are Ahead, at bookstores everywhere. Access our videos, podcasts, blogs, as well as free papers and materials at justjerry.com. Join us next time as we drive the conversation to the truth that Jesus Christ is King and His kingdom rules over all and is expanding over the earth in these days. Fear God, keep His commandments, and abound in love.